there's something just to be said, well, um, if we're going to err, let's err on the side of mercy to all. <laughs> instead of, instead of, hey, let's be right and then dicks to everybody, you know? No! Oh, I hate it, I hate it. Hey everybody, welcome to the Vox Podcast. Mike Erie, along with Tim Stafford, coming at you live from uh, suburban Columbus, Ohio, and Tim is in Pasadena, California. And hey, and um, <laughs> and I I have been I don't know I don't know if this is true of you, Tim. So I don't want to generalize to men in general, but which was to generalize to men in general would be generalizing. So I guess I didn't need the second general, but um, I like physical pain. I mean, I, I did get my eyelid stitched once between the two edges because it split open. And I mean, I've had some, I've had some really gnarly physical pain for some reason. I handle that so much better than, than when I'm sick. And so the last like four or five days, have been, I mean, I've got this, I've got this weird fever that shows up, rips through my body. I soak the bed, and then I feel better for a little bit until it comes back. You soak the, you soak the bed with sweat. Yeah, yeah, clarify. which is so. <laughs> which could is be two totally different problems. You know what? You're right. And and as far as I know, it's sweat. <laughs> All I know is I wake up and I'm freezing because everything around me is soaked. Um, but how, I mean, first, how gross is that? I mean, let's talk about that. But man, it's just been like four days of laying down. It's just been awful. So we're getting it's this all out. It's matter late. of how you look at it, though. I mean, you, if you're sweating that much, I'd imagine you're probably burning some calories. Well, my face needs to show that. Um, I'm hoping. <laughs> but, the, you know, the crazy thing is I get these cravings that I don't ever have. So, like, I crave Sprite. Like not diet sprite, but like the full bodied, full sugared sprite. Maybe so you're pregnant. Yeah. Well. Anyway, all that is to say, I've been sicker than a dog, and if we cough, or if I cough a lot, I'm sorry. I've got a cough drop in, and Tim has the editing button. So we'll see how this goes. But um, uh, a couple of things before we dive in. As always, we'd love your feedback. And hello at Vox podcast.com um, is a great way to get in touch with us. Secondly, we're very grateful for likes, reviews, and subscriptions wherever you get your your uh, podcasts. And again, the reason for that is um, it helps it helps keep us discoverable in in all of those spaces. Uh, and then um, and then we're reworking our whole Patreon. That we have that we have a, a group of 127 or 28 people who actually support the podcast, which is it's unbelievably generous. And there are different tiered rewards. We're gonna we're reworking that. Tim, that'll probably be out what in a couple weeks. Yeah, at the I'm most. Thinking, I'm thinking. I have not done a great job with that sucker. And so um so Tim has has come in and uh help 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 me get this thing straightened out. Um, and then we have uh, our 200th episode coming up here in several weeks, so we're super excited about that. And then hopefully we'll have some changes to the the focus and direction of the podcast we'll be announcing at that point as well. And so anyway, big things are happening. We're super grateful to be a part of this community. And, and I didn't really have a question or topic as much 
is I just wanted to, to express how I'm feeling. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's weird. Cause I was, I was ranting a bit of this to Tim yesterday and, um, and this is, I mean, I, I'm, I, if social media weren't so critical to the work that we're trying to do, I would be off of it in a second. I mean, I really would, because here's what it does. Now, Twitter is where I get almost every, I mean, and I've said this before, I follow every, you know, I follow my personal interests, like Destiny the Game, Cleveland Browns, Ohio State Buckeyes, so lots of that. But then I follow people all over the religious conservative spectrum, the progressive. I mean, I just thought it's just this, it's just this, it's the cacophony of opinion and, and, and it's usually very invigorating. But lately, my friend, I have I felt and the, the only word I have or phrase I have to describe it is every time I open up social media, I feel so spiritually homeless like I have no idea who my tribe is. I have no idea who my tribe is anymore. And um, I find myself just so either sad or angry or something because like, like uh, you know, I opened up my Twitter feed yesterday and, and um, you know, there's this, there's this been this big kerfuffle. Look at me using big words today. <clears throat> about because it was mother's day and and oh no women were going to preach on mother's day and should women be preaching and you know of course that debate's been raging for hundreds of years but then this guy tweets out you know he, he's quoting another conservative guy but <clears throat> he literally says <clears throat> this is the quote and i have no idea the context so i have no idea if there was more to this or not but this particular guy quotes this other guy as saying there is something about the order of creation that means that God intends for the preaching voice to be the male voice and and I, I get the theological argument you'd have to you'd have to understand Genesis a certain way <clears throat> then you'd have to jump to first Timothy and Paul's reference to uh, to creation order Adam was created first before Eve and uh, and understand it that way and and so so it 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 is a it is a uh tradition that's been out there but um but i so disagree with it and i so disagree with how these tweets are used how these statements are used it's not just that they're held and i would disagree with them that's fine it's that then they're used around this whole debate i mean rachel held evans had this, you know, we talked about it on Facebook. I mean, untimely death at 37, hugely popular, progressive, um, young lady and, um, part of a, a whole coalition of, of female voices that represent just, you know, thousands and thousands of, of people. And, um, and with that are like, you know, things that are, things that are being said about, you know, her theology and character and if she's in hell and, and there's this whole big thing about women speaking. And then this, this tweet sort of comes out and gets weaponized. I mean, it, it's, it's the weaponization of so much of this stuff that drives me absolutely crazy. You know what I mean? Like I, and, and so I, so, I so don't trust 
um, like I disagree with a lot of conservative theology, but even the stuff I agree with, it's been used so, so nastily, I guess, you know, it makes me feel like I'm not, uh, not a part of the tribe, even where I do, even where I agree. And then, and then you get like an OC pastor. Um, I don't, I didn't know who this was, but I guess he served in children's ministry, you know, guilty of abusing, molesting kids as young as five. Um, been doing that for 14 years. And I mean, and, and you read the comments under the article and it's just like, you know, it's so common now. It's not even shocking. It's so, it's so common. And so even the fruit of, of our so-called theology and church practice, I mean, it just like the conservative and I was raised in this and there's so much of it that I still resonate with, but it's not home anymore. I just can't I can't stand it. I can't stand the way people are treated. And I can't stand the way people are treated in the name of rightness. As if all you had to do to fulfill the command to love your neighbor was just to let everyone everybody know they're wrong. I just can't stand it. It sickens me how some theology has been used to harm and oppress people. I mean, it just absolutely, it's so toxic. I mean, we have a mutual friend who was just telling us yesterday about um, uh, a situation where there was great harm done to a, a teenage kid because of some of the stuff that that was being done in the name of Jesus. I mean, it just is absolutely crazy. And, and, and so I, I hate the way it's been weaponized. I hate... I think some of the theology is is really off, and instead of opening ourselves up back to the text, and instead of you know incorporating insights from other disciplines, we just become more entrenched and double down on some of this nonsense that isn't central to the faith, right? I mean, to make the argument that the creation order in Genesis means that that men should be the only ones that, that preached, you know, thousands of years later and with, with culturally conditioned understandings of preaching, of church, of all of those sorts of things. I mean, it just, it makes me insane. It absolutely makes me insane. Am I making any sense? I don't even know, Tim. I don't know. But my, the point I want to make is that, damn it, I hate, I hate what is happening to my tribe. So much so. I don't even want to call that my tribe anymore. It's like we talked about last time, right? I mean, just at some point, I want to just abandon the name. But but then the siren call is to then jump jump with all my progressive friends. And um and yet I can't I, I can't go there fully either. They're they're not my tribe either. Um, and, and, I mean, cause I still hold on to things like sin. I think the Bible does teach that we are fallen and that like your desires and dreams aren't the best guide to your life. You know, like repentance is still a thing that you do to follow Jesus, right? I still actually believe that. I still actually believe that, um, that, that sexuality isn't nearly as circumscribed as conservatives have it, but it's not as unfettered as progressives have it either, right? There's some, there's some middle of the road here that it just seems like we're missing. I, I feel like there is a masculinity that is good and godly and biblical that's not toxic. And I, I believe there is femininity, right? I believe, believe those are real things. I, I, I still believe that, that Jesus is radically inclusive, <sighs> 
But I think Jesus is radically exclusive too. You know, I mean, you, you can't, and I'm tired of people who are saying, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Jesus. And then they cut off the chunks of Jesus. They just don't agree with. It's like, no, if he's right about the love thing, I mean, he held a really conservative sexual ethic. He, he talked about discipleship, not salvation, right? He talked about, if you're going to follow me, you have to pick up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. Well, what the hell does that mean? Right? That, that doesn't minister to my therapeutic needs. I mean, what the hell does that mean? Does that just mean I get to sit and decide um, what I like and what I don't? Or do I have to? I mean, and, that, and, and I don't know. I'm just saying I don't, I don't see a lot of my progressive friends doing anything with that. Right? I just don't see a huge call to repentance except for repent from where we've been intolerant. Absolutely. Amen to that. But at what point are we allowed to make moral exhortations towards each other, right? Yeah. Based on, based on, because I, I still think there's something inspired about the text, right? Inerrant is not a battle worth fighting anymore. Uh, I think I, 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 I agree with it in very vague generalization uh, in terms of, you know, is God smart and is, does God tell the truth? Absolutely. But the way the scripture comes to us, it's so vastly different than the way I was taught the scripture comes to us. You know what I mean? And so many people are shipwrecked by that. And, um, and, and I hate, I hate the way conservatives respond to that by, by simply doubling down on biblical authority. And I don't like the way some progressives respond to that by just excising the parts that we think are ugly. I mean, I just don't, I, I think there's ambiguity in there for a reason. So I know I'm rambling. I know I'm ranting. I know this is a normal podcast, but dad gummit, I've been feeling so freaking homeless that I just don't know what to do. I mean, all I know to do when I feel like this is to focus on the person and beauty of Jesus of Nazareth. But even when I go to Jesus of Nazareth, right? I mean, like you must hate your mother and father. Anyone who loves his life more than they love me is not worthy of me. <laughs> what? What do you do with that? Right? I'll only follow Jesus if Jesus doesn't t t call me to be poor. Well, then you're not following Jesus. I, I mean, right? I mean, where where does that line come in? And again, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if this is worth airing. But... Um, I'm I, I'm just confused, I, and I really am, and I don't know the tribe. I don't know the tribe. I'm too progressive, and I've lost speaking engagements and stuff for some of my conservative friends, but I'm too conservative for some of my progressive friends, and I just sit in this weird, you know, middle ground going, ah, oh, what the hell? And lots of cussing. Lots of cussing, <laughs> Tim. So... So say something back. Well, Tim. I think that we need to follow through with this now because that's a lot of big. You just opened up a lot of big boxes <laughs> <laughs> that I think a lot of people uh, have opened. Re you know, I think that this podcast has been a place for folks that feel uh, like you're saying spiritually homeless, and it was started with the idea of being a safe place to wrestle and unpack and try to throw that stuff at the wall and see what is what and to question and to seek in that way. And like we were talking about yesterday, 
the culture, our culture, has set up a binary of progressive and um, conservative, and you have to adhere to one. You have to join one club, and then when you do that, you accept all of the tenants that somebody set up at right. some point. Right. And we're and we're learning more and more that that's, it isn't a binary in that way. That there is yep. something correct, and that there is truth, and it may be a winding path that you know wiggles through both those things. But I think that there's a lot of people that are pursuing Jesus and opening their Bible and questioning and finding out that it's not as simple in that way that has been set up and they're wrestling with that like who who is jesus what does he mean in 2019 is it the same thing he meant in yeah you know yeah no no i think that's so good i mean that that was we would never have used that language originally um but to be a home for the spiritually homeless there's there's something to that and and that's where this podcast I mean, it's been the biggest gift to me as opposed to anybody else. I mean, I've learned so much from gay Christians, both on the affirming and non-affirming side. I've learned so much from conservative scholarship and progressive scholarship. And, you know, I, I it's been so beneficial, but it's so hard to live in this, I don't know, this this craziness. And so social media for me has just become this um kind of angst-ridden experience that isn't you know it was connection and it was news but now it's just i i don't it just makes me feel more and more alienated um because because i i have learned a bunch from the conservative side i was raised in that and, and i've learned a bunch from the the progressive side but there are still parts of each that I'm not comfortable with. And, and on the conservative side, they're parts of the practice that I hate even more. Um, you know what I mean? I, if, 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 I mean, there, there's something just to be said, well, um, if we're going to err, let's err on the side of mercy to all. <laughs> instead of, instead of, hey, let's be right. And then dicks to everybody, you know? No! Oh, I hate it. I hate it. And then I feel responsible for saying something and virtue signaling. And this what a joke. What a joke all of this is. <laughs> well, I, I mean, think that's really. a big piece of the puzzle, too. I remember, um, uh, you know, I, I'm a big U2 fan. I have been for a long time. And I remember Bono talking one time. Or no, was it Bono? It's Maybe it was, just... actually, it was actually Kurt Cobain. <laughs> oh, even better. He, he had talked about going on, how he would never go on these arena tours and um and then suddenly they blew up and he was on these big tours and somebody said like oh what happened like you you always said you wouldn't do this and he's like i changed my mind and i think this idea that we grow up with things and sometimes feel locked into them and then we learn that maybe some aspects of that may not be true then it's okay to it's okay to be in a continual state of learning and pursuing and yeah and being able to that's change your mind and do it gracefully and do it lovingly and yeah and not be embarrassed by it or yeah no no there's some there that's true that's true but um i i bono i i thought actually this was uh how does he say it um yeah i don't remember <laughs> he had a great quote about and and this isn't it but it was something about like a bridge has to or a prof uh, if you're going to be a prophet in your own generation you have to betray it to be effective 
or some some along those lines like uh, and I was I was I don't know I don't know buddy I, I just sit and I, I I think okay it's so easy uh, to yell into the void of social media and podcasting about whatever issue and then just to you know ignore my neighbors and you know, stay selfish or whatever. I mean, it's just this whole thing. So, so we're not, uh, we're not giving up. I mean, there's no giving up, uh, right? I mean, social media isn't going away and podcasting isn't going away and platforms aren't going to go away. But um, I, I, I would, if, if somebody would say, okay, what's your dream for Vox? Um, it, whether it's a community, whether it's a, uh, digital community, whether it's a flesh and blood community, whether it's a whatever, I think that would be pretty close, like to be a home for the spiritually homeless. Yeah. And that means you have to be, it has to be a safe place to talk about everything and that, and that, that we're not going to censor viewpoints, right? Even though I disagree with the, the tweet and how it was weaponized, like there are many people who love Jesus, who believe that creation order determines that only men should preach. And I have a fit with that, but that's still, a, that's uh, right. We can't like one of the traps I see on the progressive side is um, with the only, the only we're tolerant of all voices, except the ones that aren't tolerant. Um, right. And, and which means you are tolerant of all voices, right? I mean, there, I mean, Ricky Gervais had this great thing. He said yesterday, he's like, whatever your viewpoint, the, the common ground has to be freedom of speech. We cannot be censoring each other, right? You just can't. And yes, there are abhorrent ideas and there are harmful ideas and no should be called out and dissected. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if you're going to create a, a place for the spiritually homeless, it's got to be okay for spiritually homeless people to be wandering in from every place imaginable, right? Yeah. And if you're going to be center focused, that means you're going to pick your battles, right? We're not, we're not, you're not, you don't have to uh, like subscribe to every packet of evangelical theology when you walk in the door, right? And so, so like that's the thing that invigorates me um, in, in the midst of all this chaos is I, I do think. Jesus is home for the spiritually homeless. I do think, and I think that that so much of Christianity has now been co-opt, co-opted by po po politics, obviously, but also by this, I don't know, this progressive conservative, you know, binary thing that I don't know. I'm just not. I, I don't find myself comfortably in any of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it like very I, unhealthy. Well, I don't know. I mean, I know Jesus loving people who would carry both of those banners, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't fit me. And I don't, I don't see it comfortably fitting the text. You know what I mean? I mean, I just think I, I just, I, I look at my progressive friends and, and I'm like, so do you ignore, you know, they're crying about Bernie Sanders and, uh, whatever AOC, whatever her name is. I can't, uh, I can't pronounce it. Of uh, the senator, right from New York, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yes. See, I'm white and I'm from Ohio, <laughs> so AOC is just what. But but I'm sitting there like, well, how how can you ignore the unbelievably subversive teachings in the scriptures about possessions and sharing, yeah. right? In order to focus so much on the sexual culture wars, 
right? Or or how about, I mean, just the pride. I mean, uh, it just, we ignore so much to focus on the sins the conservative movement has focused on. But, but then there's this self-righteousness that comes that I feel for my progressive friends, you know, that I used to feel for my conservative friends, but I feel it from, from my progressive friends too. That's just, that there, there's no room for people to develop and grow, yeah. right? You're either woke or you're not. You're either, so I just don't know how to, I don't know how to maneuver. I feel like everywhere you go, you're disappointing somebody. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's the best thing. I don't know. This is all just stream of consciousness. And I feel nervous, Tim, even putting this out for, for exactly why, for this reason, right? <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. I, I, cause there have been people who pick apart our podcast on both sides and that's fine. I mean, the nature of the medium isn't precision, Right. Podcasting by its very nature, it's not a precise medium, right? We're not, this is not an academic article with footnotes. This is just, this is two Pearl Jam lovers sitting, you know, on the computer screens looking Trying at each to find other. that even flow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And yes, and we're still alive. We are. Um, so I don't know. And, and then I look at like, uh, I look at the earliest Christians. And I find them fascinating. I find them fascinating because they they blended together this radical inclusivity and this radical exclusivity in a way that totally put them at odds with the Roman Empire, but for some of the coolest reasons. And I'm like, how do you do how how do how do you bring those together today? Because I see my conservative, and again, I'm generalizing and stereotyping, and yes, all of it's true, all of it. Um, but I see my conservative friends focusing so much on the exclusivity and my progressive friends focusing so much on the inclusivity. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for people who can build a community that emphasizes both. You know what I mean? Because, because, because I think the minute you say inclusivity to my conservative friends, they're immediately thinking of women preaching and the affirming of gay people and gay marriage and whatever cultural issues it is. And when I say um, exclusivity to my progressive friends, right, you're immediately thinking of oppressing and you're thinking of um, excluding and unkindness. And and yet I see both in Jesus and I see both in the early church. And I don't know how to put them together yet. And here's what I mean. The one, I mean, just one example um, the early church was radically inclusive. And, and, and in fact, I'm reading a book about how even the Old Testament, um, in, in the way the Torah is expressed, was fighting for an egalitarian culture in the midst of, of hierarchy. The ancient Near Eastern cultures were based simply on, uh, one, one, um, scholar put it like tribute, um, I'm imposing tribute on you. That's one group of people, the elites. I'm imposing tribute on you. And then I'm paying tribute. That's and another group. That's the bigger group of like the servants and the serfs and the workers and whatever else. And, and so much of the Old Testament teaching uh, begins to flip that around. But it, it comes to huge fruition. And the way the early church operated as recorded in Acts, but then also from what we know in church history, their inclusivity 
I mean, this was the only place where masters and slaves were freely associating, right? Or, or, um, or, or male and female from different social, you know, statuses as equals. I mean, that was the thing. Is that I mean, this was this was unbelievably uh, inclusive, and it was for everybody, no matter how deviant you were, no matter what idols you'd worshipped. It didn't matter, right? The call for Jesus was open to everybody. But they were so exclusive in, in the following respect. They simply would not worship any of the Roman deities. Uh, they only, they believed worship belonged to Jesus um, and the, the God, you know, and the God, the Father and Jesus alone. I don't know that they had developed Holy Spirit Trinitarianism yet, but um, for them, Jesus is Lord. That was the thing. And because Jesus is Lord... The invitation was to set aside all that that you were doing at, with you as Lord, and now embrace Jesus as Lord. And so their their sexual ethic was radically conservative for the day. All right, it was fidelity in marriage. I mean, which was shocking, shocking that you would be faithful to your spouse. That was that was ridiculous, <laughs> right? I mean, it was absolutely absolutely crazy. And so there was this inter- there was there were these you know like these compelling and competing forces, this push and pull, um, even in the way that, that Paul would use Roman household codes and he would kind of usurp them. I mean, it was just staggering. And so there's this, this inclusivity and this exclusivity that fit together in a way that I've not, I'm sure it has been articulated. And for me, Growing up, it fit nicely in my conservative evangelicalism, right? Yeah. You either believe like we do or you don't. Well, that's been torn apart. But there's still something there. And I think like when we talked about the resurrection, like we're, I, this, this, this is still haunting my, my thoughts, right? How do, you, how do you put these two together? Um, because it can't be gatekeeping, um, it can't be being boundary focused, right? We've tried that and it's failed miserably. I mean, and we see the fruit of evangelical purity culture and evangelical political culture. I mean, and the just carnage is massive. I mean, I still have yet to meet anybody who uh, is from the LGBTQ community who hasn't had a horrific experience with a Christian. Yeah. Right? I mean, I just, uh, you're, you, you just go, wow, that is the fruit of awful. I mean, that's just awful, awful, awful. So, I don't know. What are you hearing in all of this, Tim? Rescue, rescue me, Tim. <laughs> I wish I had the answers to all this. Come on, Tim. I really do. But I think that this now, I, now it kind of feels like we're in a series over the last three podcasts between the gatekeeping and um, some of the responses to the gatekeeping. And I, as you're talking, I just keep thinking about your analogy for the uh, the center focus with the water at the middle. Yeah. And the way that people come into that, if we're all facing towards the water, moving towards the water. Yeah. I think that there can be some, some healing and some truth found. I just, I, and I think I said this in the last one, like I have just resigned to the fact that I'm always going to be in process and I'm always going to be seeking and learning and growing. I was reminded this weekend of um, Prince Caspian and that section with uh, Lucy when she sees Oslan again, and she's like, "You're," and she's grown up, and she's like, "But you're you're so much bigger than I remember." And he's like, "Well, it's because I get bigger as you get bigger." Yes, the and older you get, the bigger I will seem. 
Yeah, and I, and I really love good. that. I love that picture that God is continually, it's I don't know if bigger. it's, yeah, if it's revealing to us as we grow or what it is exactly, but I think that that's true. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and so I don't want to say ever that I've like, I've got this figured out. Yeah. This is, God is X, Y, Z, and here's all the rules. Have fun or don't have fun. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and I'm that way too. I'm perpetually curious. And yet there are some things I would say, like, I do think Jesus is the definitive revelation of God. Yes. I do think the Bible is inspired in some way that I'm still working out. I do think that the kingdom requires reorienting our lives. I do think um, uh, love isn't isn't simply affection, but there's there's something more to it. Yeah, you know, love is deeper um, than that. I do think sexuality is one of the most powerful forces in the universe, and um, has not been adequately captured by either the progressive vision or the conservative vision. You know, like those are things I really think. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I had to go to the wall on those, I'd go to the wall. I, I think people, every every single human person is made in the image of God. I'm pro-life and I'd fight for that. And, and by pro-life, I mean just pro every life imaginable, right? The elderly, the immigrant, the whatever, every life possible, the mother's life, all of it. I mean, so, so on the one hand, I, I want to be perpetually open-handed and curious and um, vibrant in the way that I explore. Uh, and on the other hand, I, there are these planks that seem pretty firm to me, you know, as I kind of build scaffolding. And, and, um, and so maybe, maybe you're right, man. Maybe, the, maybe what we ought to do is do just a let's go like let's spend uh, let's spend some time away from the culture wars and let's just remind ourselves about who this jesus guy is yeah so that would be you know because because one of the things we did early in the podcast one of our best episodes at least one of the most helpful things i've ever learned was this thing we it was stages of spiritual maturity yeah uh like stage one stage two i think that was in the it was in the 60s as an episode number, I don't remember. And I think it's called Stages of Spiritual Maturity. But again, you're the producer and you have an episode list and I have an episode list. But I want to look at it now, Tim, because I'm, I'm still talking. Down. Nice. Um, but but what if we did a, I don't know, what if we did a look at, let's look at Jesus in, in a way that could speak to all the stages. You know, because yeah. I do hear, I mean, we do have a lot of people who are wandering. No question. So yes, maybe we should build a well for a while. I don't know. That was always the hope, you know, that, that what is home for the spiritually homeless? Well, you're not going to find a perfect church. You're not going to find a perfect church form. You're going to find perfect people, right? The, the home for the spiritually homeless has to just be a group of people who are orienting their lives progressively and slowly around this Jesus, right? And, and they're all at various stages but they have permission. It's called grace uh, to work that out at their own pace. That's compelling to me. That's that that remains always compelling to me. And if that's what the podcast does, then that's a beautiful mission. Absolutely right. That we would be that we would be home for the spiritually homeless. Um, you know that there are other people who are not fitting neatly into either tribe. 
okay. I like that. So we've got some homework, Tim. For you, um, you just have to talk more. Um, and and um, and start start putting your music on this podcast for crying out loud, right? You're this you're this big time musician, and big we haven't heard time. we haven't heard any of your music yet. So I I object. I'm saying it now publicly. Tim Stafford, like put a song, like end our podcast with one of your songs. Okay. All right. Yep. And the more it sounds like Pearl Jam, the better. But I, but you choose. Okay. <laughs> I have no. <laughs> All right. My homework, and you've been after me a while for to do this, do a Who Is Jesus thing. Um. So yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great idea. So anyway. My friends, um, I, I feel super vulnerable in putting this out. I really, really do. And it's funny because I have so many different people in mind as I have these conversations that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 hard because this isn't some nameless, faceless community. Uh, th- these to me are all real people and real viewpoints. And so I always feel vulnerable just kind of opening myself up in a way that isn't fully digested or processed. Um, uh, but we love your thoughts as always. And I know this is an unusual episode, but we'll end it at 38 minutes. So you have time to listen to Tim's song. All right. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you. And in these days, oh Lord, yes. In these days, please give us peace until next time, friends. Thanks. 17 wearing thin. On the hall, not at home, in my own skin. Didn't know where to bend, but a friend is a friend till the story's end. Had a fireball. Heard as much as a screen shout.